y'all. Hey, welcome to Say It To Me Nice. I am your host, Bridgetta Giles, certified family life educator, sexuality educator, counselor, lover of the word fuck in all forms. And I am here with a very special guest, Mr. Jacob. Hello. Yes. <laughs> Got it. You got it. You saw me pause. I paused because I am. I was gonna get that right. You uh, got it. Jacob with Let's Grow. Jacob, please introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us how you're changing the world. Well, hello, hello, everybody. I am Jacob Uwa. You got it right, Jetta. Um, I am. There is way too many things that I do, but in essence, why I'm here, I am the founder of Let's Grow Inc. And if for many of you who don't know what Let's Grow is, Let's Grow is really, really deeply connected into growing human beings as just human beings in five very, five very simple ways. So there's Let's Grow in love, there's Let's Grow spiritually, professionally, mentally, and physically, and those aspects of your life in which make you a holistic human being are what I am dedicated to teaching people how to grow in. I love your mission. Yeah. I love your mission. I am one who believes that you never stop growing, right? You never stop learning. You should, you should always strive to be a forever learner, right? Great. Fully agree with that. Yeah. I think the, my favorite saying so far is either from Socrates or Aristotle. And it is a saying that goes, the wisest human being in the world is the person who admits to knowing nothing oh that is oh. can i put that on a shirt yeah <laughs> you can put it on a shirt on a mug whatever you want to put it on oh my goodness i love it i love it thank you for that see we're, we're, we're dropping gems the first 30 <laughs> seconds in that's how you know it's gonna be good this is gonna be good. <laughs> all right so we're gonna start off by something that's a little different for your brand. So hold on tight. <laughs> Can you share with I'm... us a hotel, something scandalous and sexy, but more important, something that you learned from that made you who we see today? Scandalous and sexy, very much in a different light of my brand, but yes. Um, you know, I thought about this and I thought about the many interesting experiences I've had in life. And one of them I keep going back to. So about five years ago, um, I had this friend and, you know, we were very, very close. We talked about quite a lot of things. And on my birthday, we had had this conversation about threesomes. And I had told her that I'm just not interested in threesomes. It's not something that floats my boat. Never tried it. Don't really have an intent to try it. And she thought that she might convince me otherwise. So on my you know, birthday five years ago, I'm coming to her house. She had warned me that she was throwing a surprise birthday party. Well, it wasn't a birthday party. So I walk in. Wait. And <laughs> could continue i'm sorry <laughs> oh hold on hold on this story gets better 
I walk in expecting a surprise party, right? Because she knows the type of, she knew the type of person I am. I don't like surprises. I like things to be just, I like to have heads up. I don't like to be surprised. So I walk in expecting a bunch of random strangers I've never met in my life. And it's really dark. And there are like signs on the wall pointing me to go to different directions and different rooms. It was like a scavenger hunt. So in my mind, I'm thinking, ah, bloody hell, what has she gone and set up now? And I'm just walking across, picking up these scavenger hunts and reading notes. And then I finally get to a locked door. And lo and behold, behind this locked door is my friend at the time and another friend of hers. And it's a seduction to a threesome. (laughs) Um, You know, I laugh a lot about this because I think my initial reaction to this was no. I literally said no and I turned around and I walked out the door. And her and I later had a conversation and we, we laugh about it, we joke about it, I talk to her every now and then. But my reaction to it wasn't any different than what I was expecting my reaction to be and so when we talk about this I learned something really really interesting about myself and that is that when you just when when you do so much work on yourself and at that point in my life I was still learning about myself sexually I was still learning about things that I like things I didn't like what I was interested in but there's a certain level that you get to in life where you just become so sure of what you like and what you don't like that you don't really need to experiment or try you just know that you won't like it and while I am someone who preaches trying new experiences, that particular experience for me was a hard no. And it was a hard no because, frankly, it just didn't align with my core values or what I like and what I didn't like. Wow. So it's so much to unpack there. Wait a minute. <laughs> so number one, you don't like surprises. No. So you don't like surprises, but your friend surprised you with a threesome. And that's one hell of a surprise. Like... <laughs> I I don't see a scenario where a surprise threesome is a thing. I can understand if you've had some conversation, like maybe months or weeks leading up to it, where, oh, this would be a good idea. But in my mind, and again, I overanalyze everything. In my mind, I'm thinking there's some mental preparation one who who's actually interested in having a threesome you you would have to have some mental preparation first um i i also am a firm believer in consent and so that is definitely something you want to have uh, the individual's consent to coordinate first um yeah <laughs> Like this this particular friend of mine, she she was a very she's a very free spirited person, and you know, one of my reasons continues to be my reason today that I just the threesomes just aren't a thing for me. Is there a? I'm also an overthinker, right? I think about every little thing, and I make every single situation scenario play out in my head because I because I'm an overthinker. There isn't a part my day that doesn't involve thinking there are however three times in my life in which my mind turns off one is when I'm in the gym mm-hmm. the other is when I'm driving and the other is when I am having sex mm-hmm. 
These three times are times where I can fully connect my body to the experience as it's happening or connect my, my mind and my body to whatever it is that's happening with me. And when, that, when there's that level of connection with your body, I can't imagine having two partners to share that with because that sounds like a lot of work. It is a lot of work. So as, as someone who has participated in threesomes, it is, especially when you're a pleaser, right? If, if you're a giver, you're a pleaser and you want to make sure everyone there is, number one, for me, number one, everyone that is here in this moment wants to be here because this is something they want to do. That's something I'm very conscious of, especially when we're, we're, we're looking at threesomes that you have two women and, and a man, right? Um, are, are you here because you want to? Are you here because you want to impress or please him? Um, because that, to me, that's not the same as you wanted to be here because this is something you want to partake in, number one. Um, number two, it's, if I'm trying, I am really bad with multitasking, <laughs> really bad. And you really got to know how to multitask. So like I get in my head or in the past, I've gotten in my head where like, okay, this is a lot happening and it's a lot of skin. Yeah. It's just a lot of skin, right? It is just a lot of sweat and arms and shit. And I'm just like, I don't know which direction to go. So it's easy to get in your head when all that is going on. And I prefer to, I, I prefer to, to have sexual encounters sober. I know right. a lot of people like to, you know, drink a little, you know, do a little gummy or something like that. Not mm-hmm. I said the cat. I would prefer, much rather have sober sex because I have control over what I'm doing. Exactly. And how I'm doing it, because so I can execute it to the best of my ability. That's right. So I can understand where that might not be someone's thing. Mm -hmm. And And I will say, I think it's very, very, very refreshing to hear a masculine centered individual say that I'm not really into threesomes because the stereotypical or the stereotype surrounding masculine sensory individual is that they always want threesomes. Like that is I, every man's fantasy. And I, I know it's not. It's really no. It's really no. And I think a lot of men may be afraid to say that, oh, I'm not really interested, especially when we're, we're looking at people, uh, men with, with some insecurities, men who, like you say, this it just doesn't align with who you are and your core values. And I often look at men who have these really, these values that they will stand behind, but I see them putting themselves in situations, finding themselves in relationships that don't align with that. They're willing to let their own standards slide because it's seen as quote unquote masculine or, you know, so it's, it's very refreshing to hear you say that, you know what, I have a sexual standard and that's not part of it. Exactly. You know, I think I think we're just in a point in society where sex is fun, sex is fun, sex is a lot of fun, but sex means something different to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think over over a long time in my life, I've I've really really defined what that means for me, yes. and that what governs all of my sexual encounters. Yes, I wonder. I have conversations with men where I leave the conversations wondering: Have they ever said no to sex? Have they ever put themselves in a situation or ever been in a situation where they allowed their standards to, to lead their decision-making versus, well, if I say no, what will I look like? How will I be perceived? Because men are supposed to be just, you know, ready and willing all the time, quote unquote, according to society, you know. So how often does it happen where a man is like, you know what? No, I don't want to do this because of my religion, because of my sexual standards, because I'm in a committed relationship, because I am just using this time to focus on me and I don't want sex to be my distraction. How often do you think that actually happens? You know, Jenna, I, I'm, I'm a personal, I'm a personal life coach. That is my thing. That is the thing that that is the passion that I have. I enjoy watching people grow. And especially when you're doing it in the context of five very personal elements of people's lives, you get to learn a lot about people. And over the past eight months, I have mentored and still mentoring and coaching about 17 different people. Um, well, 17 people now, but over the past eight months it's been close to 35 and at least half of them have been men and when I have conversations like this you'll be surprised how many men haven't sat down to think about this or think about situations like this or think about you know what exactly does sex mean to me other than fun and something to do to kill the time Ooh. and you, you start to see a trend going of men who have performance anxiety related to sexual situations, but don't really address it, right? Mm -hmm. I had in the past, he was talking to me about, you know, he decided to like take a break from dating after his really, his power breakup, He'd been with his ex for six years and they were about to get married and their lives were so intertwined and he, everything ended for him and he said to himself you know I'm gonna take a year off dating I'm just gonna work on myself I am going to focus on finding who I am and the thing that he immediately noticed is when you start working on yourself there is an energy that comes with that there's an energy that comes with I am prioritizing me and I am important to me. And that energy is something that people pick up on. And sometimes when they pick up on this energy, certain people will take that as, yeah, you are super confident in yourself. It's attractive. And I want you because of the work you're putting into yourself. Mm. And so talk about these situations he would get in where like having sex and the option of sex just became so easy for the women in his life that he was attracting a lot of sexual energy without meaning to and he told me that that year he planned to take off turned into two years because he he he, he took the opportunity to to sleep around and to have fun and to enjoy it and 
he did that not because it was something he wanted to do because he felt like in these situations he had to want to have sex it was weird for him to think about saying no because men say yes men like sex Mm. see that does a lot let's process that for a second like he, he he so he took those two years for himself but did he really if he was just exchanging the sexual energy back and forth was he are you saying that he benefited from that he felt like he grew in that sexually what was his experience he to, felt, to your knowledge sorry he felt lost i mm. i think remember a certain point in time and you know there are men who are probably listening to this so i'm going to say something that not many men often say or admit to but he said he got to a point in his life where he just started to feel like a body like a body there for sexual pleasure and that he just got into this cycle where he just couldn't say no Mm. and it was happening so frequently that he didn't have time to process every interaction and so he lost himself and i think something that we don't speak about especially men and especially black men is that we have feelings where sometimes it can feel like that. Sometimes it can feel like we have just become a body. And for us to express that requires a level of vulnerability that not many people want to get into. And so him and I started doing this work. It was important for him to identify that he had these feelings And yes, his year turned into two years and it turned into two years. And the change that he needed to make was something that ended up being forced because he didn't like how he felt. But ultimately learned that he has more feelings about defining what sex and intimacy means to him than he had cared to want to spend the time with. That's deep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, is, that is deep. I like how you mentioned that there is a level of vulnerability needed and we are most people but we're talking about men in this instance are afraid to go there we don't want to there's that feeling what comes to my mind is that feeling of rejection if I give myself and if I if I stand before you naked you know, be vulnerable, that I won't be received, that I won't be received. And that's a scary place to sit. Mm -hmm. Very scary place to sit. And it's crazy because it's a very scary place to sit, but the freedom that is on the other side of it, the freedom that is on the other side of it. So ah, men, do not be afraid to be vulnerable. (laughs) choose wisely in who you are vulnerable with you know have that standard standards create healthy boundaries boundaries so that you can create a space where you are able to be vulnerable and um someone's hands will be big enough to support that absolutely awesome all right. So I want to tell everyone why it was so important for me to, to have you um, as a part of Say It To Me Nice. And you had a video on TikTok that came up on my For You page where you talked about the sexiest thing to you was 
um, when you have a piece, and I'm, I'm totally going to paraphrase this all wrong, so please correct me, um, where you, you think this, you feel as though the sexiest thing is to have a, a piece or an intimacy with your partner that other people don't get to have. And that resonated with me so much. And it really got me to thinking what it is that I want to receive in relationships. And many of, of my friends who, who are um, dating and getting to know people is that I don't want my partner to, I, I don't want my partner to give the same type of kindness to me that they give to other people. I want a kind partner. That's very important to me that my partner is kind, but I, I need to know where the, the, the line of demarcation is. I want you to be kind to the wait staff and friends and family and all that loveliness, but I don't want you sending flowers to your coworkers because they had a bad day. I want you to send me flowers <laughs> because I'm having a bad day. I don't want you making yourself available for three and four hour long conversations to talk someone else's wife down. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want you feeling as though, oh, Brigetta will understand because I'm a nice person that I have to pour into other people while she pours into me. I don't want that. So if you would be so kind, please, if you would explain the video much more eloquently than I just did. Hey, <laughs> I think you did a great job paraphrasing. I couldn't have done better myself apart from playing the video, but I had to re-listen to the video today and um, I, I really put myself in a headspace of where I was when I made that video. And, you know, this is something we talked about before. I don't have a script for any of my videos. I, I record based off how I feel, or off based off the things going on in my life, conversations I'm having, things that just really stick out to me in a really emotional way. Um, and this particular video, I think I was talking to a client and we were talking about things that our partners should do to make us feel special right mm. and we were really dissecting monogamy because i think a lot of people hear this and they think you know yes for for so long monogamy has been the standard of committed relationships right but you know let, let's let's be sure there are people who are listening to this today and monogamy doesn't work for them monogamy isn't a thing for them you know there's there's, there's a lot of very different types of relationships out today mm. and we started dissecting where exactly monogamy came from and you know the feelings that you have in your relationship that make you feel like you are special right and all these videos that we watch on tiktok that talk about vulnerability and things that you should do for your partner and when I made that video, I started really thinking about the things that are important to me in my relationships and how I define them and how they make me feel and why, right? Kind of like you said earlier, or you want to feel like your partner is fully engaged with you and that they have a level of you and you have a level of them that nobody else has access to right when you look at monogamy that's the feeling that monogamy should stimulate for a lot of people it's the right. feeling 
I have my partner's sexual and intimate interest only, and nobody else has that. And we agree that that is exactly what we have, but that extends into that that's just one part of your relationship it's just one part that lets you know that yes we are committed to each other in this way but what about the other parts right Mm -hmm. what about when you are with your partner at dinner and your partner says to you whenever I'm with you you have my full attention my phone doesn't exist nobody else exists outside of you or what about you know at situations where you are in public with your partner and you share this really private inside joke that nobody else knows you you think of that think of that feeling that you have when you're sharing something with your partner that you know nobody else knows right to me that is sexy absolutely sex it is arousing to me in fact if you start thinking about a lot of really secretive bdsm kinks this is literally this is part of it it's a secret that you and your partner share and when i've broken down and dissected my relationships especially not just intimate relationships but platonic and friendships and co-working relationships i think about those parts that relate to just the relationship that I have with this person mm-hmm. and I think about how they make me feel and I think about what those mean to me and then I think about knowing especially in the context of a romantic relationship that this thing that I have nobody else has access to that mm-hmm. that is arousing that is sexy yes I love it I love it. So that that video uh, made me binge watch all of your videos <laughs> like your Netflix. And I just knew just your your energy, your 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 voice, not just your accent, not just your accent. The accent <laughs> helps. But you're just the the calmness of your voice. And it was something that I have been sharing with everyone that I can, <laughs> everyone that I can, because I'm like, this is the energy. This this will keep you believing in love and believing in intimacy and that it's not as far as you think it is. Ah, that's why it's called Let's Grow in Love. Yes. So with that being said, for you, for you, what is intimacy? That is a lovely, lovely, lovely question. I think intimacy for me is a combination of a lot of things. It's a combination of love languages. But as I spoke, I, I speak about this a lot. Love languages, and anyone who knows what love languages are, it, it's, it's great. It's, you know, it's out there. There are five different types of love languages. You can go and explore them on your own. But once you really understand love languages, you take a step further and you start figuring out what dialect you speak. Because like every other language, languages have different dialects. Same thing with love languages. And when I think about what intimacy means to me, I think about different situations outside of sexual intimacy. And we can, we can get sexual intimacy at some point, but intimacy to me means after a really, really long, grueling day, right? I work a nine to five, 
I work with lots of people. I talk to lots of people every single day, nonstop. I wake up, I'm talking. I go to sleep, I'm talking. And I'm an introvert, right? Mm -hmm. It is important to me to have time to recharge on my own because talking to people is sometimes exhausting. But intimacy to me means that when I'm with my partner, I can say, hey, let's go on a drive. And we sit on this drive and listen to music and we don't talk. And we don't feel obligated to talk. We just sit in each other's presence. And knowing that we're in each other's presence is enough because we're just connected in knowing what our needs are, right? right? Intimately for me is getting to a level of vulnerability with my partner that doesn't require words because as powerful as words are, there is so much that we're communicating on a frequent basis without using words. So it's the moment of silences for me. It's the really subtle touches that happen either privately or in public that let me know, hey, I see you and I see just you. Mm. Or it is the moments where, you know, you, you are, you, you, you're exhausted and you need to vent and you call this person and it, it's not even a thought. You don't even think, hey, I should call this person and talk to this person. You just pick up the phone and you call this person. Yeah. Those moments to me are intimacy. And then when we get into sexual intimacy, it's knowing that we are so connected and so comfortable with each other and our bodies that the only limit is the ones that we communicate with each other. And it's knowing that we're in a situation, an environment where we're going to have fun, but we're also going to explore each other in a way that nobody else in this current moment can and will. Mm, that's beautiful. Because it's, yeah. all, it's all about the experience, right? It's all, about, yeah. it's all about the experience. It's all about, oh, who was it? Ayala Van Zandt. Mm, um, woman. I love Ayala. Oh my God. I was actually on a clubhouse with Ayala and I promise you I almost fainted and I didn't see her or anything like that, but just to be on, on quote unquote stage with her, I couldn't, I, I was like, what the fuck I'm going to say? I just want to hear you talk all the words. <laughs> That's it. If you want to read the phone book, you can do that too. I will listen here. But, um, she there was this meme going around but it actually came from one of her books and she mentioned it on on her show um that in intimacy if you break it down is into me you see mm -hmm. right into me you see and it's you and your partner's ability to look within to uh -huh. walk the walk to ensure that you are pouring into one another in a way that's aligned with both who you are, who they are, and for the betterment of the betterment of the relationship. And I try my best to keep that in my mind when I'm pursuing relationships or when I'm putting when I'm being pursued is that are you in a place where you would be able to not only see me for who I really am, but be able to walk alongside that person? Right. Because the outer shell of Brigetta, she's quirky. She's, you know, weird in the best, most beautiful way possible. Of course, she she has all of these different things that may seem very fun. But if you get to know me, there is there's this calm 
that I am always pursuing. So that may translate as moments of silence where we don't really have to talk, but I just want you to sit here and hold my hand. Mm-hmm. Let's watch Let's watch a movie together. And I might not know shit about this movie, but the fact that I just want to sit here with you. If I will tell any man or person, if, if you want to watch sports, I am probably the best person to watch sports with because I know nothing, nothing about sports. I don't care about the game. I'm not going to ask questions because quite frankly, I do not care. But... <laughs> This is something you enjoy and I want to be a part of something that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I want to experience this with you. I want to see you get riled up. I want to see how you react when your team isn't doing the best. I want to see how you eat my snacks because I always <laughs> make snacks for sports events. That's my contribution because I cannot contribute to the conversation. So <laughs> I, I want that whole experience um, and I want to take it in. Because that's part of who you are in your most quote unquote vulnerable, in my opinion, vulnerable moments. No one else right. sees it, it's just us. So it goes back to that, you know, that uh, exclusivity. Like this is this is our time. So that's what intimacy means to me. And just listening to how you explain it, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean that you bring up Ianla. She is probably the reason I got into this work because that woman has made me cry more times than I can count. Just watching her shows and watching the level of connectedness she has with strangers because she can break down communication issues so quickly was just always, always moving for me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. And to know her story, mm-hmm. right? All of her trials, all of her tribulations, all of her hills and valleys um, to see where she is today and how she always, always says that even she is still growing. Yes. The idea that who you see is this powerhouse, this, this inspiring woman, mm-hmm. but she still has more to learn and she's open to receiving knowledge. And that is, is where I want to be as I age. I always want to be in a position where I'm growing. Let's grow. <laughs> like a bunch of times, I'm sure. But yeah. So with, with that, we're talking about intimacy. We're talking about self, right? There's a lot of self-work and, and, and self-care and all of that. Um, a concept that, that comes in my mind, I talk to my friends about this all the time is, you know, there's a fear of losing oneself when you, you are in a relationship um, or even in a marriage. Um, typically, you feel as though there's, there are things that you, you can't do as a partnered person or a married person um, that you did when you were single um, that may have been part of the core of you right? So how do you encourage authenticity of self, right? Within a relationship? I hope I, did that make sense? You know, it does. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I think that a a lot of us, especially in this time and era that we're in, where there's so much messaging about self-work and self-love and building yourself and finding yourself and you know really identifying who it is you are and what you believe in and what you stand for there's a lot of self out there 
that when you get in a relationship, there's almost this natural, this just this natural part of you that wants to push. And you want to push because you've done so much work to find self. And now, yes, you wanted to be in a relationship, but now here is this person who's pushing your identity of self away because the self that you had doesn't align with yourself and that person right and so when I think about this frequently I think about the context of relationship settings or perhaps being with you know in in the situation where two people are so really independent it's having a set of defined goals that you are both aware of that are for the three entities that exist in your relationship there is you as a person there is your partner and then there is your relationship these three things are very different entities and they all require different things Mm. so for instance who jacob is jacob likes to wake up early in the morning and i like to get a good workout in and sometimes my workouts go three four hours because it is the one time in life where i stop thinking right and that's part of my daily routine and then I come back and I work and I do a bunch of other things and who you might be for instance might be counterintuitive to who I am as myself right mm-hmm. but we're both in this we're in a relationship we're committed to each other but we have to be committed to each other by understanding that what I need what you need and what our relationship needs are three different things and we have to define that. We have to talk about that. We have to say, me, Jacob, I need this from me. And for instance, you, Brigetta, I need this for myself. And then in the context of our relationship, we need this for us. And then you align that. And once you align that, you'll start to see that that natural inclination that a lot of individual people who have done the work to find self, you'll start to see some of that slowly fizzle away. Mm. Oh, that's good. Because (laughs) I I think when people get into these relationships, especially people who have taken their growth seriously, right? You've taken your growth seriously. You have fought to be the person that is at this stage. And now you get into a relationship and then you find a conflict and two or however many individuals are within the relationship you're you're having conflict with one another when because Mm -hmm. neither of you is thinking of what will it take to better the relationship not necessarily what's what's it going to take to pacify this person what's it going to take to make yourself feel better or feel victorious in the the argument or the 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 conflict it's what's the best decision for the relationship oh someone who is I'm a natural I'm a naturally independent person I was raised by a single mom and when you're raised by a single mom especially in an African culture my mom said I'm gonna raise you as a man so that you never need a woman and Mm. like really dissecting that as a as, as an adult uh, mom, mom, mom created some issues that she didn't know were there until I got a little adult. trauma. That's, yeah. and I, that, that's connected to some trauma that she may have experienced that she didn't want you to put out into the world. Exactly. Mm. And so 
I grew up and, you know, I have a twin sister and we were very, very close, but we also grew up differently. And mum truly did teach me to be a self-sufficient person. I can cook, I, I can cook like no one's business. I do my own laundry. I now have OCD because everything needs to be in a place. I can look after myself. Mm-hmm. And you grow up with that. You have this mindset that you can only rely on you and you are the only thing in your life that is a constant. And mm-hmm. so you be hyper-focused on being the best version of yourself humanly possible. And then you get to a stage in life where you feel that. You feel that every day you wake up, you are a percentage better than you were last yesterday, last year, however many, however long ago you feel that. But then you get into this conflict when you start to get in relationships you start to get in relationships and you don't know what it is you need from somebody else mm. right mm-hmm. you don't know how it is that you even communicate what those needs are because you've been used to taking care of all your needs on your own mm. and then yeah you get into this area where you naturally see yourself giving your partner a lot because you know people are different and you have this in uncanny ability to identify what people's needs are so it's easy for you to give them but you're not in a spot where you can receive because you don't know what you need from other people right Right. and that's where this concept of finding what you need for you keeping what you need for you letting your partner keep what they need for them but then identifying your relationship objectives are because once you do that, you can connect the tiny needs to those objectives, right? If we're in a relationship and we say, you know, I need intimacy from you. Okay, great. What does intimacy look like for you? Mm. And you really start to think about it. You say, okay, right now I would like us to go on a walk and I'd like us to hold hands and not talk, right? You start by really identifying really tiny things the relationship goal is that you both need intimacy right you've both identified you enjoy intimacy with each other and you need that how that intimacy looks is both left on you both of you to decide but the objective remains the same intimacy right that's good you have given us so many many beautiful gems that i know <laughs> y'all if y'all are listening please take this and if you are partnered listen to this together um and start having these conversations because i truly believe that i'm not i'm not going to put a percentage on it but a very high percentage of, of <laughs> us when we find conflict in our relationships again we're not we're not thinking with our hearts many times we're we're trying to win we're trying to be understood instead of trying to understand so um i i for one am one of those people who have fallen victim um to that i've also been the perpetrator so so (laughs) i i I do believe that i know i gained for this and and as always i do hope my listeners i hope my fuckery fans um have taken something and and learned something this little chicken nugget of knowledge as Sharice Staten would say um shout out to Black Ginger One um on Instagram she is a beautiful uh person in the sexuality education realm go follow her so before we go Jacob please what are your top three sex tips 
Uh, Rajasha, this is the one thing I have to think about. Oh, yay. <laughs> it's okay. It's great. So, it, it is great. You're pushing me out of my comfort zone. I love this. So my top three sex tips mm-hmm. at the base of everything is always going to be communication. Right. You cannot have a fulfilling sexual experience if you cannot communicate with each other. It, right. it, it is either one person's need is being met and the others isn't or none of you are meeting your needs communication is the base of every every encounter that you're in communication two confidence Mm. oh god and confidence listen you don't have to be the most confident human being in the world but you do have to be you have to be confident with the person you choose to sleep with that is Mm -hmm. that is a requirement because if i'm going to take my clothes off and prance around naked and we're going to stare at each other's bodies and really love each other's bodies you need to know and have the confidence that i view you as the sexiest thing in front of me in this moment and that is the you need to go into those situations with third aftercare oh my god we don't talk about aftercare enough yes aftercare is so important regardless of your sexual encounter your sexual experiences you need to talk about what just happened when it happened after you've had sex make some time out talk to each other what did you like what didn't you like what do you want me to do differently how do we please each other differently next time what do you want more of right and then identify what you need after those encounters do you need silence do you need to be alone do you want to cuddle do you want to talk do you want to go out and buy some rubbish food and binge some food and watch some tv which is always my favorite (laughs) (laughs) you're not alone there talk about what you need in aftercare and make it a priority i love those tips thank you jacob so much so please rep your brands tell us what amazing things you have coming tell us where we can find you so we can take in so many more of of your insight and your knowledge i am found on way too many places bridgetta for my own recollection (laughs) well your tiktok and your ig how about that (laughs) so i have two well i have three different tiktoks now there's let's grow in love that is by far the biggest platform i think we're up to like 19 or twenty thousand followers on that wow. um post daily about tips that you can implore whether you're single or whether you're in a relationship or whatever your flavor of love is there's a tip on there for you i also have a very short podcast it's also called let's grow in love where i give four to six minute tips and tricks on you know loving yourself or your partner or your future partner better and then i have my instagram um my instagram handle was let's grow 425 and on there i post tips that are designed to help people grow as individuals and if you are not on any of these for any reason shape or form find me on snapchat it's jacob Uwa, and i do the same where i post tips and tricks for my followers on there thank you so much jacob thank you i so appreciate you coming on say it to me nice all right everyone thank you so much for listening and listening for next week